Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series by series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. As always, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am coming to you from Daytona Beach, Florida today. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. How is Florida? Oh my gosh, it is beautiful, and it, we stayed outside a little too long yesterday, and I'm a little crispy, but I will tan quickly. It will turn into a tan quickly. The rest of my family, I can't say that for, but for me, I'll be fine. <laughs> you know what? That is the same way with me. Like, I don't burn very much, and if I do, it kind of turns into a tan. It's pretty rare that I actually have any kind of a sunburn. It used to drive my mom crazy. I think it's. Be- I think we have our um, Hispanic heritage to thank for that. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally. good stuff. Um, all right. Let's jump into a wacky Met series. I mean, I don't even really, this series had ups and downs and almost didn't feel like the cu- the same Cubs were playing in these games. Um, let's start with game one, which was, if y'all remember, a spot start for Tyler Chatwood, but uh, with Adbert Alzale in the bullpen to back him up. And so let's get the Rocky part of this out of the way first. Chatwood, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm Andy, I know you're driving the Chatwood fan bus, but starting didn't look great. So I'll just go ahead and put it out there, and I'm driving the Tyler Chatwood in um, relief fan bus. Not <laughs> so much the starts. <laughs> not to, he he reminded us quickly of the Tyler Chatwood of 2018. So I just want to clarify the bus I'm driving is the relief Chatwood bus. <laughs> yeah, he has been so much better out of the bullpen than he has been as a starter. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or what, but he had the same problems that old Tyler Chatwood had in terms of walks. He was getting out of innings with double play balls. I mean, all of this felt like you could have just pulled up a random Tyler Chatwood game from 2018 and been like, hey, this is the game that we have right now. Um, He gave up three runs. And, you know, I want to give him a little bit of credit. One of the things that I said going into this game, I looked at the lineup and was sort of like, God, the bottom of this lineup is just an offensive black hole because you had uh, Carlos Gonzalez, Tyler Chatwood, and Daniel Descalso, like, all at the bottom of the order. (laughs) It's like, how is anybody going to get a hit? at the bottom of this lineup but they they busted the walker locket code um who was you know predictably looking like a cy young winner through two innings <laughs> uh and then um, made sure that the cubs you know had hits <laughs> to start a little bit of a rally i'm telling you the bottom of our lineup lately has looked a little rough so yeah that was like my brain hurts looking at that it was it was not exciting to me it's not. And I mean, I, I hate to be that girl when we've like just gotten the closer we wanted after yelling, we need a closer, we need a closer, we need a closer, but kind of need another bat too. The offense at second base has been just bad. I wrote an article on this last week looking at the offensive production in June between, it's not even really a platoon. It's just like whoever Joe throws out there on a day-to-day basis. And aside from David Bodie, who has been playing pretty well, Everything else just looked not outstanding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about it, to be quite honest. It's just, it's one of those things where people judge the game 
based on what the bottom of our lineup looks like. And that is not a good feeling because there's not a whole lot to put down there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it looks like a spot where pitchers can get away with something because they're not going to have to throw any really high quality pitches if people aren't producing at the bottom of the lineup. Um, the last thing that I'll say there, because this was pointed out to me uh, in the comment section of that article that I wrote, is that apparently the Cubs, like, F war production, uh, wins above replacement production at second base is 27th in major leagues. So, uh, Theo, oh, if you've got, and if you, what was that? I said, Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah, it really is. And I, so, you know, Ben Zobris, please come home. Uh, we would like you back in the lineup cause you're better than that. And also, um, Theo, if you've got any money, <laughs> left or any you know trade pieces whatever a, a second base bat wouldn't be the worst thing in the history of the world um let's talk about the good stuff from this game holy Adbert Alzale I am so excited for this kid and so I was at this game it was one of the most fun things ever to see his major league debut for those of you that do not weren't paying attention live on live under a rock <laughs> haven't heard about Adbert Alzale for now um this kid has been one of the Cubs only uh homegrown pitching prospects for a while now and he came out to a lot of fanfare and really just shined against this Mets team it was so impressive he threw four plus innings he only gave up one hit it was a home run unfortunately to Todd Frazier Todd Frazier you are the reason we can't have nice things like <laughs> I really wanted you to just leave that home run in your back pocket, kid. Um, struck out five in four, over four innings, only walked one batter. This was fun. This was so fun. Well, in um, in all fairness, he did make Todd Frazier look pretty silly in his first at bat. So he struck out looking, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, this kid is everything that we've heard about and more. and. Honestly, I had a hard time not getting choked up watching him leave the mound. It was just, it was so refreshing to see this kid. I mean, he looked at his teammates and said, thank you. And all of them, you can just tell they're very excited to have him there. And um, he is definitely a bright spot. And I'm so excited for him. And I know we'll talk about this later, but he's getting a start tomorrow, which is um, also, I'm, I'm so excited to see how he responds after um, his game on Thursday. So we'll have to see about that. But this is just such a, you know, if you don't know anything about this kid, you need to go do your research because he is, wow. I, I'm like, like you said, I'm just so excited for him and so excited to have him in the bigs now. Yeah. Uh, he will be getting a start on Tuesday, which I'm just going to call Alzel day. Like every time he pitches like happy Alzel day. Uh, I love that. that. <laughs> it's so fun. Like I'm so excited for this kid too. It was great. Um, if you didn't see his post-game interviews and comments, he also just seems to be like such a nice person. And I that was really fun to see. He was talking about how excited he was to get us to to get his chance with the Cubs. He's talking about coming up from Venezuela and calling his parents back home. Also, I don't know how many Venezuelan batter like pure Venezuelan batteries there are, but there is one for the Cubs because every time Alzale pitches and throwing to Wilson Contreras, they're both from Venezuela, which I just think is fun. <laughs> That that is pretty amazing. I did. I have to. I had to look that up too. I was like, wow, that is one of the coolest things ever. And I think I don't know if anybody got a picture of this, but I remember when he was walking off the mountain, Contreras was kind of in the background, 
there was somebody holding up a Venezuelan flag. So I'm like, I hope somebody got a picture of that because that would have just been amazing. Like that is a framer. And um, the other thing I wanted to say about him too is I did read that he kind of had to pinch himself, like literally pinch himself because he got home and was like kind of sat down and just thought for a second, wow, did that just happen? Like, is this real life? Am I doing this? Like called his family back home and everything. Like to me that just, I love it. Just a pure, you know, nice guy who loves the game and is excited to be given this opportunity. Totally. And great stuff. I mean, honestly, he was everything that the Cubs needed on that day and just really great. He struck out four batters in a row at one point in time in the heart of the Mets lineup. And it was, it was just fun. I, I, I'm sitting here smiling, reminding it, remembering it. Um, The couple things that were not fun were the second and third games of this Mets series. I, okay. You Darvish could not hold a lead to save his life in game two. And it was like, and, and credit where it's due. He had like an RBI single in this game. He was helping himself even, but he couldn't hold any lead. He would get a lead and give it right back. So his no decision streak stands at an MLB record 10. And I guess we'll try to get him a win at Wrigley Field at some other point in time. I don't know, Andy. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to do this. Oh my goodness. Listen, I'm not giving up on him. He's got ridiculous stuff, but he's got to get out of this um, mentality of just, you know, I guess when he gets a lead, I feel like it almost turns into um, just kind of trying to not having any intensity and not coming back with that same fire. It's just kind of like a do to do type thing. And it's like, he's got to treat it like it's zero to zero every inning. Like he cannot, he's got to forget what the score is and just go out there and pitch because he's got amazing stuff, you know, and he, his strikeout numbers are there. It, it just, to me, it's like, I just feel like he's not coming out with the same intensity after his team gives him a lead. So um, I'm not giving up on him. I think, you know, we'll see him figure it out. And I know people are probably getting tired of hearing that because at some point a pitcher of his caliber should get a decision. <laughs> should have a win at some point. Yeah, let's um, specify a win. But, you know, <laughs> right, right. I shouldn't say a decision because we don't want him to lose. I mean, that's, that's. I guess you could kind of silver line it. At least these all aren't losses. He's not really setting up his team to win, but, <laughs> but you know, he needs to help himself. And in this case, he did go two for two at the plate, which is crazy to me. You know, great job, but let's, you know, you're a pitcher. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like loving the bat improvements, the bat improvements are clearly there and happy about it, but agreed you, you, you're, you're here to pitch and we would like you to get victories <laughs> at Wrigley field. That would be pretty outstanding. If, if you're so inclined, <laughs> it'd be pretty Listen, great. I, I have to warn these people because you and I are a little giddy right now, but that's because we're not quite, <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on it, people. We're working on it. But I, I you were playing with my mind when you kept saying you. <laughs> you, me, or you, you. I don't know. I know. The so. you puns are too easy. I joked when no. he came over. And if you remember when the Cubs signed him, that Twitter was just like a minefield of you puns. Yes. <laughs> you could not log on yes. and follow anyone on Cubs Twitter without you, Darvish, <laughs> or without you puns. And I was just like, look, people. I think that you puns are too easy. Darvish puns are bust. Like, not Listen, deal with I, it. 
five years of you puns. <laughs> I can, if I can see it, if I, if it, if it's, you know, visually in front of me and I can read it, I'm okay. But you saying you, 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 and I'm like, oh geez, what does she mean? You or you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I need so another monster. that's about how that game went. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's about how that game went. So uh, the Cubs did not win that game. It was disappointing. It was better than game three, though. I mean, I don't know, Andy. Would you rather lose three to two or would you rather lose 10 to one? What's your preference? Well, knowing what I know now and getting to see Victor Caratini throw that last out, I <laughs> kind of like the 10 to two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ten, that was amazing. I, I, did I just short the Cubs a run? Was it 10 to two instead of 10 to one? Honestly, like it got to a point where I was just like, yeah, it was 10 to two. I was like, I the Cubs are not going to win this game. So, uh, well, yeah, Victor, it, it was, Victor Caratini was, was the highlight of this game with his 69 mile per hour. I believe that the TV was calling it a slider. I am relatively, I don't even know what it was. Uh, fastball. Was that a fastball? Uh, he threw a 10 pitch scoreless inning and made had some serious <laughs> like air Jordan hang time on the final out of that inning. So oh, it's good stuff. Another but another highlight for me was Jason Hayward and um basically taking home on a, a, a dribbler pass ball, like nothing, you know, that he should be normally running home on, but you know, he was like, Well, let's just go ahead and go for this and slid into home and was safe. That was pretty awesome too. So obviously his hustle was still there and he was not about to let an opportunity slip by, even though the score was so lopsided. So that was also I liked that. I liked the hustle there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I liked the hustle there, too. I did not like how flat Quintana's stuff looked. He gave up a lot of runs. <laughs> I let's mean. Just, let's, just, let's just call this game batting practice because that's basically what it was. Yeah, it was um, Quintana pitched 4.1 innings. He uh, gave up nine hits, nine nine of the runs that out of the 10 that were put up by the Mets and eight of those runs were earned. He only struck out two batters. I, I, he only walked two batters. I guess that's okay. Um, I, I don't have much else to say about this game. It was, it was not great. Well, there is a game four. Let's just move on. <laughs> so yeah, let's move on to game four. Game four was Sunday. Uh, this was a super fun game. Hamels versus DeGrom, classic pitchers duel. Both guys looked incredible. And frankly, the Wrigley faithful were grateful for them moving so quickly in the early innings because the weather looked kind of ominous. There was going to be like definitely be a thunderstorm later um, that, the, that frankly uh, they managed to avoid. It, it kind of deluged about 40 minutes after this game finished. There was a little tiny um, bit of rain. And I, I want to say the fifth or sixth inning, um, it was enough to drive some people downstairs, but a lot of people just stayed through it and, you know, put on ponchos or whatever. Uh, but yeah, fun pitchers duel. Although it looked like the Cubs were not going to do much in this game and that they were going to lose it. They were behind pretty late all the way into the eighth inning when, okay, a couple of things here. So I am not entirely sure why the Mets left Seth Lugo in this game for two innings. It wasn't like he looked that great after he had thrown 20 pitches in the seventh inning. I was fairly certain that he was going to come out of the game for the eighth inning. So I was surprised to see him in the eighth inning to begin with, particularly with the top of the Cubs lineup batting 
Um, and then I thought maybe uh, Mickey Calloway was just waiting for a favorable pitching matchup to pull him, but he faced Kyle Schwarber and then he faced Chris Bryant and then he faced Anthony Rizzo. He's sitting at like 37 pitches and he faced this Javi Baez. And I just, I don't know, like you can't do that. Um, and Seth Lugo served up a pitch that Javi Baez deposited in the right field bleachers for his 100th career home home run and a Cubs lead, which was one of the most incredible things that I've seen at Wrigley this year. It was great. Well, once again, you get to be actually at the field when one of these things happen. I got to watch the replay because I was nowhere near a TV at this point in time, but oh my goodness, I don't know. I honestly don't know why, how or why we got so lucky as to have Javi Baez on the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> like he, this is just insane to me. The things that he pulls out of a hat, like he truly is a magician down 0-2 in the count and still manages to hit a home run to the opposite field. Like these things are just like people don't, I think people take for granted how unusual this whole, you know, down 0-2 opposite field home run to take the lead in the eighth inning. Like people don't understand how rare these things are. Like these, this doesn't happen. So it's just amazing to me. And like, I really had to, you know, cause I was kind of score watching throughout the day and I really had to like go back and really watch it like several times because it's just, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me when you're down 0-2 in account and you can hit an opposite field home run. I mean, he truly is a magician. We are so lucky. I hope everybody knows how lucky we are to get to watch him every day. It's just, it's crazy. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so one, one fun fact about that, uh, Actually, two fun facts about Javi's home run. If you don't follow at MLB Random Stats on Twitter, you totally should. It's a great baseball account with lots of random stats. And they posted yesterday that Javi Baez has nine home runs this year in 2019 for the Chicago Cubs after being down 0-2 in the count. Uh, The Red Sox also have nine (laughs) And the Phillies as a team have nine. It's like this list of all the teams that have like nine, eight, seven, all the way down to five. Javi Baez is like at the top of this list all by himself. <laughs> he is a magician like, with O2 after O2 counts, and I don't understand it. It's incredible. Like, in other words, they are comparing him to entire team stats. Like, yes. that's insane to me. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so great. We'll retweet it on our Twitter account so you can see what we're talking about. Um, the second nuts. thing about this home run that's nuts is that the Cubs are the only team that have three active players who had a hundred hit their hundredth home run before their twenty seventh birthday, uh, which is also great. The other two, in case you were wondering, are Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. But it's just such an incredible golden age of Cubs baseball that we're witnessing, and I I love every second of it. I mean, I really hope that you people appreciate what we're experiencing with these these young stars because it's just, I mean, on a daily basis, you know, somebody is going to do something that is, you know, fun to talk about, memorable. It's just, it, it's such an awesome time. And yes, it, we you feel like it's been a rough stretch. I mean, I really honestly feel like it's been a rough stretch. And, you know, looking at batting averages, though, we're still in good shape. Like, and, and Milwaukee can't win a game this, you know, when we lose. So we're still up at, by half a game. So even though this has been a rough stretch, it, it's still, we're still, you know, holding on to first place. 
we still have, you know, three, no, I'm sorry, six people batting 265 or higher. I mean, it's just, it, it it's crazy to me. It, it's such, such a good time of baseball. And this isn't even everybody playing well at the same time. Can you imagine what this team looks like when, when everybody puts it together? I mean, I'm just, it makes me excited. It, it's easy to feel bad about this series, but don't. I mean, this is baseball. There's going to be ups and downs. Just appreciate the good points and 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 know that there's better baseball coming. Yeah, totally. And, you know, Javi Baez had been struggling going into that at bat. So hopefully that turns things around a b- little bit for him. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about before we head into our commercial break is just the aftermath of this game and what went down in the Mets clubhouse, which was crazy. Andy, I don't know if you saw all of this on Twitter, but apparently – the Mets manager and one of their uh, pitchers who we faced earlier in the series, uh, Vargas, got into it with a reporter who they thought was sarcastic with them. And all he said was, see you tomorrow, Mickey. <laughs> um, there was like almost a fist fight between the Mets and their beat reporter in the club's clubhouse, clubhouse, which really just shows you that things are not okay in Metsville. And one of the things to remember here is, you know, this is something – that Cubs teams of old have dealt with. Like I was talking to one of our friends from a pot of their own yesterday and she was sort of like, were there ever moments like this as a Cubs fan? And obviously, yes. Like we all remember some of the worst times that have happened as Cubs fans. It was not fun when Milton Bradley was here. It was not fun when Carrie Wood and Mark Pryor were perennially hurt. It was not fun when Ryan Sandberg retired early. There, Bad things happen and you have terrible moments in the clubhouse and fights and reporters covering things and all sorts of stuff. So I just, it made me appreciate that we do not live in that era of Cubs baseball, that things are generally chill, that Joe Madden is a pretty savvy operator when it comes to managing the team and to making everything run smoothly and on time. And I just, I I had to say, you know, Mets fans, keep your heads up. I, I don't even know what it's like, particularly with the magnified media in New York to deal with something like that. But I imagine it's not fun. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember, and if you don't remember, um, that means you're a young Cubs fan, but I mean, it's easy to forget that now that we are living in the time that we're living in with Cubs baseball, but Oh man, it was torturous. And I definitely, you know, I feel for them because we've been there and we get it and we know, but yeah, I mean, it just, I kind of feel like, um, I did hear about this. I did know about this and I was actually kind of reading up on about it last night because to me, this is, it, it, it does bring back memories and it makes you very grateful for where this organization has come. But it, it, at the same time, you know, we have our moments as well. You know, this off season, there are many Cubs fans saying that, oh my goodness, could anything else go wrong? Um, you know, so every, every team, every organization has their moments. And unfortunately, being a New York team, your moments are going to be under, a, a you know, a magnifying glass and, and people see every bit of it. And, you know, it's it's the first thing on ESPN, you know, on SportsCenter. It's, you know, all of that. So when you guys have the good times, yes, you know, we get tired of hearing about the Yankees. We get tired of hearing about the New York teams, whatever. But at the same time, you know, when anything goes wrong, it's the first thing we hear about, too. So just be very grateful and and don't forget where where we've been because <laughs> you know you it, you can't you can't go after fans for what their team is is going through and the ups and downs of a team 
because it's very easy to, to come after us as well. Like it, it just is one of those things where it's like, oh man, I wish I had control over this, but I really don't. So I'm just going <laughs> to hope that no one notices. <laughs> All right. This is a good place for us to take a quick break for our sponsors. And on the flip side, we'll talk about the Braves who are coming to town for a four game series. And we're back. Uh, so fun fact about the Cubs and the Braves, before we get started talking about this four game set at Wrigley Field, they are the two teams with the most uh, players on the starters ballot for the All-Star game, which that voting is going to happen this week, people. So if you would like to see Javi Baez, uh, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, and for that matter, any of our three outfielders, because all three of them made the starters ballot. It, in the All-Star game, you got to get out and vote. Uh, you got to get out and vote um, Wednesday into Thursday and vote for the Cubs. Um, but the, So the Cubs have seven players on the ballot. The Braves also have seven players on the ballot because the Braves have been on fire. And they are coming into Wrigley Field. Into Wrigley Field. This is going to be this is going to be a fight. Uh, and I hope the Cubs are ready for it. Andy, what are you looking for? Well, um, yeah, I mean, these guys are coming off a two or three from Washington and before that two or three from the Mets. So um, they're, they're handling their series, you know, and they're handling their business and they're definitely, they got some guys that are starting to click. Josh Donaldson just hit his sixth home run in nine games. Um, So, you know, we definitely, he's one that I, I don't really want to put him in the category of Cubs killer yet, but I feel like um, he's been awful tough against us. He's a tough out. Um, the obvious, you know, Albies and Acuna, those guys are tough. They both had really good series. So, you know, pitching matchups. Okay. Um, you know, we get to face Dallas Keuchel on in game three, he'll face Darvish. Um, I'm looking for our offense to break out a little bit. I'm hoping that the, the bias home run late in the, in the series, this previous series against the Mets really put a charge into this offense. You saw him screaming as he's rounding the bases and, you know, Lord only knows what he was saying, but I'm, I'm assuming that it's something to get his team going because they really kind of need to be shook. If, if you know what I'm saying, I mean, it, it needs to wake up a little bit. We can't just rely on one or two bats every game. I mean, there needs to be a little bit of consistency up and down this lineup. So I'm really looking for the offense to wake up. Um, so, you know, these matchups, I mean, TBD, you know, he's been tough against us this year. <laughs> TBD is so, always tough against the Cubs because the TBD, TBD is the random guy that they bring up. I mean, the TBD in this case, incidentally, is because the Braves sent down Mike Fultonovich. I think I said his name correctly. I'm always nervous about that. Uh, to AAA, he's really been struggling this year. So it probably will be a, you know, spot start from some star from their AAA system who we don't know right now. A uh, few of these other guys really look like people, you know, that the Cubs have faced well before. I mean, Julio Tron is somebody that they've seen before. Um, Max Freed is another. I, I'm actually not sure if I remember a Freed uh, matchup with the Cubs, but he's been around for a while. So um, it sounds like he did face them earlier this year and allowed one hit over six scoreless innings on April 4th, because of course he did. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what Keiko looks like and, I'm interested to see uh, how Azalea does with his start on Tuesday. Uh, that is really going to be the highlight of the pitching for me, I think, this series. 
Oh, definitely. And I have not heard recently, I could be wrong, but are we looking for um, a Mr. Kimbrell to join us this series or it will probably not happen until the next? So I heard rumors that it could happen late in the series. I'm a little curious how that would work. So the, uh, the Cubs would need to make room for him. Obviously they'd need to figure out a roster spot for him. And I'm uncertain what that looks like. It, nobody really looks like they're going to need to go on the IL in the short term. Honestly, and, and I hate to say this, I saw somebody speculating, you know, what if you sent Alzale down um, regardless of how he did on Tuesday, because he does have options, but that would be just, could you imagine if he just comes out and has a tremendous start on Tuesday and then it's like, go back to Iowa. I can't, I would be heartbroken by that. I, yeah, my heart just sunk when you said that. Like, I just can't even, and I'm like, oh, but of course that's what's going to happen because that's just where we're at right now with this pitching staff and everything else. But God, I hope not. That would be, ugh, no. Yeah, I, I'm really not, I, but the other option is, I mean, what do you do? Do you uh, let somebody like Brad Brock go? He struggled a lot, but, you know, he is somebody that the Cubs are paying anyway. He's a veteran. He's had some traction in this league. You would like to see if he can turn it around. Um, I, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do to make room for Kimbrell if he is indeed ready by the end of the series. And I can't even deal with the idea that Alzale could like hurl a gem and then be sent back to Iowa. Uh, yeah, let's not go there yet. Let's just kind of wait and see how this plays out. Cause that, that would, you know, and you know, that would be tough on him too. I mean, you know, just getting here and, and, experiencing what he's already experienced and then having to go back down. I mean, he has a win in the major league baseball. Let's, let's, let's keep playing on that confidence and let him stay. Totally. He's only given up one hit in four innings. That's better than like half the guys in our pen. Uh, So talking about these Braves bats really fast, just, I, I need to highlight this because they've really not just been great this year, but they've been great generally uh, looking back at the last two weeks, they have seven different players who have a WRC plus over 120. <laughs> just, just insane. It's like their whole lineup is producing runs at an incredible clip. Josh Donaldson in particular has been on fire the last two weeks. He's slashing 373, 418, 843. That is his slugging, not his hops. Um, and I... Yeah, they're just coming in hot. Uh, it looks like the entire lineup up and down is really playing some great baseball right now. Yeah, it's it's going to be, I mean, these these guys are good. They have an, a, a six and a half lead, uh, a six and a half game lead in the East. They're going to be a tough, a tough game all year long. You know, they're not going anywhere. And, you know, we've kind of been trying to gauge this team, who this Chicago Cubs team really is based on the past couple series. And that's been tough to do because we've not seen consistent baseball. Um, so, you know, there's no better time than right now to go ahead and start putting things together. I mean, at some point we're getting close to the middle of the season. At some point there has to be a game where it's, you know, kind of like the wake up call, like where everyone decides that this is, we need to turn it on. We all need to start playing good baseball. We saw some really, um, elementary errors this past series, base running errors, um, you know, a couple fielding errors that could have been prevented. It just, to me, it just felt like we weren't all in it. And I don't know if it was 
you know, the taking the Mets lightly or what it was. I don't know. But, you know, this is this is a good, tough team and they're going to come in and their offense is clicking. You know, they're going to if if we don't show up, the, the Chicago Cubs team that, you know, we know can play, they're going to roll over us. You know, this is not going to be pretty. So I really hope I, I feel like the Javier Baez home run was a little bit of a turning point. And I'm hoping they can build on that because that was nice to have that momentum shift right at the end of the series and hopefully use that jumping into this series as, you know, something to work from. So we shall see. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that uh, I'm looking for the Cubs to come into this series with some purpose and determination. I mean, they when they played the Braves at the start of the year, and admittedly, none of us like to think back to that really abysmal uh, two and seven start. But you you just remember them playing in Atlanta and the airs were constant and it was just blowout after blowout and it was really not pretty. It would be nice and it would be a nice statement for this team to have a really solid series against a team that's cruising right now and to show that the Chicago Cubs are the first place team in the Central, definitively so, and can play baseball with the best teams in the league. It's a little bit of hopefully an October preview. So we will be watching to see how the Cubs deal with the first place Atlanta Braves coming into town. We will also be voting for all of our favorite Cubs to start the all-star game Wednesday into Thursday. Make sure that you are voting as well and that, you know, vote the Chicago way, vote early, vote often. We're going to be looking back at the Brave series and then looking ahead to a series with the Cincinnati Reds. We hope you have a great week and you can find us on Twitter or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.